Hi, I'm going to take a break from the interviews this week and take a little time to address some questions that I've gotten since I started doing this podcast. So the first question that I get is how I got started working with adoptees. If you listen to the first episode, you know that my dad was adopted and I helped him find his birth parents. The way that we went about finding his birth parents was a little different than what I expected. We had done the DNA testing and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out matches and link them into family trees. And I thought that's how I would solve the mystery. Well, it didn't end up happening that way. As far as my dad's father, he had a second cousin on family tree DNA and I had messaged her and didn't hear anything back. A while had gone by and I was actually in Florida with my granny. She was like my best friend and she was really into this whole thing. She was really excited. So I was telling her that I had messaged this woman and that she had never gotten back to me. And right then and there, she encouraged me to reach out to her and said, you know, it can't hurt. It can't hurt to try one more time to get in contact with her. And I didn't want to feel like I was like bugging these people that showed up on my dad's match list because you don't know them. I, I really was kind of trying to be careful about the way that I was contacting these people. I didn't want to hound them for information. So I did take my granny's advice at this time and I did reach out to this match again. And luckily this time she responded and we were able to make a connection to my dad's birth father. Now, when I was looking for his birth mother, uh, it was kind of difficult. I had only done ancestry at first and his mother was from the South and so is my mom's family. So it was a little more difficult for me to, to weed through the matches. And so I ended up having my dad do an ancestry DNA test also. It helped a little bit, but um, as I would later find out, my dad's mother was from like the early settlements in Williamsburg and Jamestown. So it went back pretty far and a lot of people come from those same lines. So it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be to figure out who she was using DNA matching. At the time, I was also watching the show Long Lost Family, and that show was giving me a lot of tips and tricks of how to find birth families. And one of the shows actually showed a way to find names in a document that had been crossed out which was the case with my dad's original adoption decree. So his mother's name had been crossed out on it and it had been scribbled with pen and had permanent marker over top of it. So, I mean, it looked like there was zero chance of you ever figuring out what it said. The trick that they had shown you on Long Lost Family was to take the document, hold it up to a window with light going through it and take a flash picture of it. It seemed like it wouldn't work. It seemed kind of out there and far-fetched, but it did work. As soon as I did that, I could very clearly say what the name was that had been originally typed on this document. We already knew my dad's birth father at this point and had 
met him several times and been with him. And the last time I had gone out there, I had gone to his house with my uncle and I had asked him who my dad's mother was. Uh, I figured, why take all the time to do all this research? I should be able to just get the answer from him. That's what I thought. And at the time, he had started having some symptoms of dementia or Alzheimer's. And he didn't always know everything that you asked him. Um, so I figured I would just ask him and see if he could tell me anything. I know sometimes with like Alzheimer's, they remember long ago, but they don't remember yesterday. So I thought maybe, maybe he'll know exactly, you know, who she is and, and be able to tell me about her. So I asked him, I was very nervous. We had just formed this relationship and I didn't really want to put it in jeopardy by bringing up something that could be uh, negative or something that would make him feel uncomfortable. I asked him anyway, because I thought, you know what, this might be the only chance I get to ask him. So I asked him and he was, he was very, very nice about it. And he said, I was thinking that you might ask me about this. And the other day I was trying to remember as much as I could about her. He believed her name was Helen and that she was small and had dark hair, um, which was strange to me because the non-identifying information had said that she was Norwegian. So I was thinking dark hair didn't really quite fit, but who knows? When I did hold that paper up and take that flash picture, sure enough, her name was Helen. And when I would get in contact with her family, she was small. She was less than five foot tall and she did have dark hair. And I would later figure out that she was not actually Norwegian as she had thought she was, but that was what you know, she grew up thinking. So after my experience doing this and spending so much time on ancestry, doing family trees and just really digging into records and figuring out how different matches fit in different families, I felt like I was pretty experienced at that point in doing this kind of thing. And although it hadn't helped me, I started thinking maybe this is a skill that can help somebody else. So there are groups out there that call themselves search angels. They are people that help adoptees through research and DNA matching. And basically they will help you narrow down who your birth parents could be. And a lot of times they will help you figure out exactly who they are. I got interested in that and I thought that I would try it. It was kind of intimidating to think about doing it and I was kind of afraid that maybe I wouldn't be able to help people find their birth families and I didn't really want to be in the situation where I was disappointing people. So I tried it and I was able to do it and it was something that I found to be very rewarding so I love doing genealogical research and this was something I could use my skills from doing genealogical research and also be able to change people's lives. Overall, it was great. I had a great experience. As you hear from this podcast, I met a lot of really great people. I did really feel great helping them connect with their birth families. So that is how 
I got started doing all of this. So now I'll answer the question of why. I was recently asked why I was so kind to adoptees and why I was so helpful with this kind of stuff. So the answer is obviously, you know, my my father was adopted and I've seen how adoption affects people. So I am very sensitive, I would say, to uh, adoptees. I recently realized something that I found really interesting and it's that I'm not only part of an adoptee family, I'm also part of an adoptive family. Technically, uh, my dad and my uncle were both adopted. So my dad is a part of the adoptee family. And then we are also part of an adopted family for my uncle and his family. So a situation came up recently that I was kind of surprised by personally. Um, So my uncle, who really didn't have a lot of interest in finding his birth family, and I don't know if it's that he really didn't have a lot of interest or if that he really just didn't didn't really want to discuss it with anybody. It may have just been something that he felt very personal and and wanted to keep it kind of close to him instead of uh, really discussing it with other people, which is fine. It may just be something he would like to keep private. So he has met his birth mother and he does have a relationship with her. And although it seems like he kind of downplays it, I mean, I can tell it is somewhat important to him. He also has a half sibling from his mother. He goes to visit her and she's elderly now, but she is still around and he does go and spend time with her. So I know it means something to him. And recently he texted me that he did an ancestry test and that he figured out who his biological father was and that he had nieces and nephews, but nobody else from the family was really around. His siblings were already gone and his father was deceased as well. First, I was a little disturbed by the fact that he would just text me that knowing, knowing that this is something that I am relatively involved in, um, the ancestry testing. And I'm like the go-to person for a lot of people when it comes to interpreting ancestry results and looking at DNA matches. So I was kind of surprised that he would just text me that casually. I ended up calling him on the phone and giving him a hard time about just texting me that. But as we were talking, he had mentioned that he had a couple of nieces and nephews that lived about an hour away and that they were going to come and visit him at his house. And they were going to bring pictures of his birth father and, um, you know, some of his brothers and sisters and stuff. And that he was going to be able to, you know, kind of get that piece of it. I was very happy for him. It never seemed like it was something that his mother was going to disclose to him who his birth father was. I don't know if she was embarrassed or if she just didn't think the guy was a good person, didn't want my uncle to know his father. Whatever the case was, she didn't really seem very forthcoming with that information. The reason I'm telling this story is because when my uncle was telling me that he was going to meet his nieces and nephews, they seemed like really nice people. I was happy for him. And then 
I was kind of jealous. <laughs> I was surprised that I felt that way, but I was thinking, this is my uncle, you know? Like I was thinking, I grew up with him. I spent summers, you know, going on vacation with him and his family. And those are my cousins. And and I'm close with his kids and I love his kids and I love him. And for me, I was really surprised at how I felt. I did want him, of course, I wanted him to know who his birth father was and to meet members of his biological family. But at the same time, as technically an adoptive family, I guess, uh, I was a little jealous because I thought that, you know, this was my uncle and these people just get to come in and now they get to be you know, they get to have him as their uncle. <laughs> so I know that's kind of crazy and weird, but, um, and it wasn't like, you know, I was really overly upset about it. It was just a little feeling I had. And I was, I was pretty surprised by that feeling. So I guess to answer that question, the reason why I do this is because I, I, I see adoption from a lot of different angles. I've talked to a lot of people and I've helped a lot of people and I've seen a lot of different situations and scenarios play out. And although no two situations are ever the same, I do see a lot of the same elements when it comes to the reunion part of it. I see a lot of fear of rejection. I see a lot of apprehension from adoptees to reach out to their families once they know who they are. And once they do, I see a lot of really good reunions. I know that's not always the case, but as a lot of people have told me, they would rather know than not know. And I guess that's why I want to help people find their birth families. But the other piece of it is that I want to help people through that period where they are finding their birth families, if I'm able to, because there's not always somebody there that understands. There's not always somebody there that knows that weird situations come up sometimes and weird feelings. And it's not always a seamless transition. Actually, it rarely ever is. And I think if you haven't really been through it, you don't understand that just because you find these people and meet them doesn't mean that overnight they're going to be your family. It takes time. It's a transition. And sometimes it works out, but sometimes it doesn't work out. And that's something that you know you have to work through. When I started working with the search group, I tried to stick with people that were around my dad's age. And the reason that I did that is because I thought that they were probably the group of people who weren't as great with the computer. I mean, some of them are amazing, but a lot of them aren't as savvy with the computer and with the internet. Um, I know my dad's not. I mean, he's a little better now, but um, at the time he wasn't. And so I thought those people I could help more because they are looking at these ancestry results like they're in another language. So I did try to stick with them. But then there was other people when I would read their stories, I just I just really couldn't help it. Like I everybody I felt for everybody. I guess that's why I do this. 
because I am very like empathetic to people. And when I see people that are like suffering or they are really wanting to know who their family is and they have a lot of pain over not knowing who their family is, like I want to help them. I want to fix that for them. I do everything I can to make it easy for them. I try to be there if they need somebody to talk to. And everything's turned out really well so far. And I think a lot of people appreciate what I'm doing here with the podcast. And I think a lot of people are enjoying listening. And it was recently brought to my attention that a lot of the stories I've had so far do have happy endings. And I am well aware that that is not always the case. So I'm going to have some people coming up that are going to show you kind of, you know, what else can happen. And they're, they're going to tell you about their story and how maybe it didn't turn out exactly as they wanted it to. But that's the reality of the adoption reunions. It's not always, you know, going to be perfect. And I, I don't think any of the people that I spoke with, their reunion was was perfect. There was elements of it that they wished had been different, for sure. But overall, there has been a lot of acceptance and there has been a lot of resolution for the people in the stories because now they know who their, their birth families are. Many of the adoptees I've talked to now have have solid relationships with members of their biological family. I hope that helps everybody get a clearer picture of why I do this and how I got started doing this. And if you have any other questions for me, please feel free to ask. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to this. And next week I will be interviewing again. So thanks and take care. (music) 